Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wolves Fancast. This week you're joined by myself, Ryan Hooper, and we've got uh, Gully. Hello. Hi guys. And we've got Matt. Hello, hello. And we've got Adam Price. Hello. So since um, we were last on, there's been obviously a couple of games. We'll touch on the Espanyol game as it'll be the next uh, European fixture. But I think we'll look at, uh, first up guys, the Norwich game at the weekend. So... A comprehensive win. Um, what were your initial thoughts? We'll go into the details in terms of some talking points, but from the way I saw it, first 15 minutes, Norwich looked like they were coming out, as you'd expect them to, pretty offensive because they need the points. And then it was pretty much cruise control from that point on. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, convincing win. Um, and you can see why they are bottom of the table and foot in the rest of the table to be fair apart from the first 15 minutes that you mentioned it did seem in cruise control and didn't really have to get out of second gear really a few of their players who I thought were going to step up kind of didn't or at least didn't because of our kind of strength in defence like that Cantwell who I thought would offer a little bit more but it's one of those really you, you take those games you know I'm not going to complain about having an easy win happy days really yeah I agree I think first 10 15. I don't think we based in so much of the ball really um, and I think the crowd kind of thought what's going on here you know this is, these, these, these should be you know, quite an easy team to put away but I mean to be fair I mean they had their little 15 minutes and nothing too much come of it really and then from then on we kind of just owned the rest of the game we just took control of the game from there on in and the result was kind of what most people would have expected in the end because they are going to go down and that's pretty clear um, and it's a good game for us to get start getting some goals back in the goals for column and get some first half goals in the bag as well. Really? Anything else? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't actually at the game. Unfortunately, I was at, a, I was at a wedding, but um, it felt like the wedding passed with a little bit more event than the game. <laughs> from what I've gathered uh, from people, I've watched obviously all the highlights back, um, and it surprised me that Norwich was so kind of toothless, having gone over to 
their place and been run ragged for 45 minutes um, you know, from from what you saw on the highlights that time. Um, but yeah, like you say, we, we, we can be quite efficient with our work at the best of times. It's not like we're a team who's going to create chance after chance, but you know, when you got players in form, as Diogo Jota is at the moment, um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's it, it's definitely um, an ace in the pack, and you know, we took advantage of it on Sunday. I think on that as well. I think um, Pricey was just met making reference of it really in terms of the expectation, um, and one of the, the talking points that you know came up after the game when we were talking about the game was the atmosphere. Um, what were your thoughts on that? I, I know in terms of context that would come off the way on you know off a, a good win in Europe or playing Norwich at home, but for someone like myself, that did really throw me in terms of it. Kind of felt like an atmosphere of expectation, and it was a bit of a slow burner. Perhaps the first goal might have something to do with that as well in terms of VAR, and we can look at that. But what were your thoughts on the atmosphere? Because it was pretty shocking. I thought mm, it's a tough one, really, because. It's whether you buy into, you know, with people staying up to watch Tyson Fury decimating on Toe Wilder, is it Sunday morning so people aren't up for it? Or is it this expectation that you're referring to? And, you know, before the game, I don't think you'd have had many people that had bet against Wolves for that. So there is the expectation there. And that first 15 minutes was a bit deflating in that, okay, are we actually not going to get anything out of this? Is it going to be one of those games like Huddersfield the season before? where, you know, it's bottom of the table and but for some reason we can't perform. So I think there's an element of that and, and, and rightly or wrongly, we're just spoiled in watching our team do so well and and to when you're in these positions where they're not doing so well, for even if it's only 10, 15 minutes, it just goes against what you you're just expecting. So it's one of those really. Yeah, I mean it's quite it was quite evident, wasn't it, right from, from early on, where the fans didn't really seem Engaged in the whole match. I mean, we've obviously we've we've shown better. The fans have been a lot better than this in other games, and I'd hate I'd hate to think of it as it's only little old Norwich bottom of the team, so we don't really have to bother. Or you just stood in the amount of expectation, waiting for the goals to come, because that's what you see happen at you know like Man City, for example, and Liverpool. You know, they, they just sit back and wait for the goals to come and. I'd hate to think that we've started doing that with the, you know, the lesser teams in, in the league because we shouldn't really. We should always be front and centre of trying to look, get behind the team all the time. But I was a bit, I was a bit surprised. And Hoops, me and you spoke about it after the game, didn't we? And just thought, I, don't, I didn't understand it. I just didn't understand mm. why everyone was so so flat. And as soon as the chant was started, it just died off within 10 seconds. And then it was like it seemed like an eternity before people started the next, the next one. And... I don't know. I haven't got the answer think, to it. I really haven't. But I, just, I, I think just, sometimes. Sort of I mean, I'll caveat again that I wasn't there. But if I think back to the Leicester game, um, that had come back off a couple of weeks without a game. Um, I, I felt really up for that game, but then I arrived at the ground and it didn't feel like there was that much of an atmosphere, even though it was a Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you, you need a trigger sometimes. That night, it was the VAR decision which really kicked us into gear, and then second half, you saw. The fans were really, really up for it. Um, this time around, it didn't seem to come. Um, I think if you look back at our season when we got promoted from the Championship, there were a lot of these kind of occasions where we were just far too good for the opposition. You can kind of sit back and relax once you won the up and the rest of the game becomes a little bit of a you know armchair 
kind of scenario where mm. the fans just enjoying it a Sunday afternoon in the sun and the you know the team's going to win the game and you're not really bothered almost and yeah. it's a very normal thing you know, you know again Adwan I appreciate you saying that you don't want to be that side but it's very human nature to just kind of fall into that yeah. attitude I, I think where for, for me you know I was coming from an angle in respect of um, I think Adam mentioned something in the group recently about our atmosphere and that historically as, us as a club and we're probably no different to other fans we are at our best when we are wronged against whereby as you say we get maybe a decision that doesn't go our way you know a sending off or a sort of a tackle to incise the crowd or we're effectively the underdog as well whereby we're perhaps not expected I think that's where you see the best from us but I'm also a little bit cautious to say we're doing well we're playing some really good football here we've come back off back off a good win we're at home there's been a little bit of a break you know it was it was it was it was surprising but I think, you know, we'll tie in perhaps now in terms of the goals as well and, and Jotter and perhaps part of that as well because I don't know what your experience was at, at, at the game but for me with that first goal, um, I'll caveat that with I was in the Billy Wright stand but there was a very mixed response. I was next to people who just didn't stand up for the goal and also I think a lot of that was fed from player reaction as well and what your thoughts were at the time in terms of that goal and whether or not you expected it to be given and... We won't lay with the point too much about VIR because it's been openly discussed. But how was that first goal experience for you? Because it seemed a little bit of a strange experience to me. The chap who sits in front of me, he he just point blank refuses to celebrate any goal now. Okay. Confirmed. <laughs> he'll just turn around and he'll turn turn around, face me, and I'll fold, get, fold I'll his I'll get rid of that VIR, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes him happy, yeah. really. Even though it doesn't, but. He'll just turn around, fold his arms and face me and just go, no, I'm not celebrating until the purple screen says, like, that, or that it doesn't come up or not. And each their own, you know, I, I, I celebrate still. And then if I have to cancel my celebration, I will. But I, yeah. I, can, understand, I can understand, you know, if he won't be the only person doing that, as you've said. You know, mm. so some people right in there are just doing half-hearted celebrations or not even doing it because we've had our fingers burned quite a few times with, you know... Goals but it's not off. just the fans, is it? It's the players that are, that was noticeable for me that they were standing around the sixteen-yard box, going, "Are we okay?" <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. You know, I mean, we should be talking about VR, so I won't labour this point yeah. too much. But I, I'm not sure I buy into this whole not celebrating goals under VAR. You know, it's better to have loved and lost and never loved at all, isn't it? So you better to you know celebrate the goal, enjoy it. If it gets taken away, then. Will vent your spleen and that will create your atmosphere. So I'm, I'm not sure I really buy into that, but I suppose that's a conversation for a, probably a whole pod's worth, really. It's an, <laughs> it's a natural thing. The ball hits the net. You, yeah, it's a it should just be an instinctive thing that you you kind of jump up and celebrate. Maybe, I, you, but you can see why that. Do, you can see why people are doing. Yeah, it. you mm. can definitely see it. You see Cody until the the moment the referee points at the the centre mm. spot. He's right in his face. Waiting for the reaction. Um, well, on the extended highlights um, that w- w- was uh, put up there, you know, the 10-minute one or so, even commentary on their commentary live, like the dodgy stream that you get or so-and-so if you're, if you're partial to that kind of thing, um, you know, everyone was surprised, actually, that the goal was given. So, the, you know, you can understand why there's muted celebrations on the pitch, to be fair. Um, but, you know, it's one of those where it's gone our way. Fantastic. And the actual quality of the goal is really what everybody should be talking about because Jota's turn to actually make the goal and Doherty getting you know up the pitch in order to create um, as well. It's just one of those really where 
Um, he's really just showing his best and it's just, let's just hope it's not this batch thing that everyone keeps talking about where he scores in batches and goes off the boil. I mean, for, the, for that point, now let's let's celebrate the goals because they, they were given and it's another, uh, you know, brace from, from Jota, unfortunately, to get a hat-trick. Hat um, similar to last season, isn't it, really, with Jota, I guess, the second half of the season. And at times, to me, it's just, he can be the most exciting player to watch because it's just his centre of gravity, the way he turns, as you say, for the goal. At times in that game, I thought he was just unplayable and classic Jota, I guess. I guess it depends on... Where he's played, as well. There's no doubt that obviously that, you know, we might go into this later. But when we play three up front, obviously it's worked for us so far this season. But he's at his best when he's a two, you know, up front of a two. I think probably a lot of the the goals he scored last season and the ones he scored this is when he's played with Raul up front and he's got a partner. Whereas when he's out wide, he's probably not. You don't see him at his best, um, in my view, but. Yeah, he just go through these these streaky spells, and I think he's ever he doesn't he hasn't struck us of anyone who scores regularly over the course of a season. But obviously, we'll take we'll take take his goals when he comes, even even though for his fits and bursts. He's got, I think, he's a bit of an illusion of a player because he's got all the characteristics of a winger. So you naturally <coughs> quite a pigeonhole hold him as oh he runs with the ball, so you got to play him out wide kind of thing. And um, where he's he's not really someone who's going to get past someone and put a cross in and set up goals in that way either he's much better when he's getting being direct running towards goal the Espanyol the, the hat-trick goal was a case in point in that I think that's when you see Jota at his best but the, the, there's another thing I've always noticed about Jota and it's, his, it's about his finishing he always seems to just kind of hit the ball as hard as he can <laughs> he never really seems to pick his play, pick his spot you saw it with the one that hit the post that ended up with Jimenez yeah. um, putting the ball into the back of the net and sometimes it comes off. Norwich, the first goal, was very much straight at the goalkeeper, but it's kind of, you know, come off his leg and gone in. And sometimes it just doesn't. I think there's been cases at this point in the season where he's had good chances. He's done the usual thing that he does, which is try and strike it cleanly, uh, you know, and, and on target with the keeper's made a save. And he's obviously just hit a bit of a purple patch at the moment, which uh, is good news for us, ultimately. And I think with that as well, we're getting the goals. But what we're also seeing, and we can kind of tie up these two talking points uh, together, I let you guys dissect these. But no coincidence, I guess, that, you know, Bolly's come back into the team and we're seeing clean sheets. You could perhaps put into context that we've been playing to lower league sides in Espanyol and Norwich, respectively, perhaps haven't quite got that uh, firepower up front. But I think Bolly and also Sace, I think both of those, um like to get your thoughts on those, particularly Sace as well, who um, seems to have sort of, I don't know, cemented his place again in the team. So I think those are two key components of the, the clean sheets right now. I think he's always been one of my favourite players, Sace. Um, whether he's been in the side or not, he's, he just seems to be so useful. Um, and he's got that little bit of an edge that some of the players just don't seem to have that you need. Um, especially in certain games where going things are going a bit tough, um, I can imagine if Norwich had got on top of us a little bit, you know, say is the kind of player who, with a tackle, you know, with with some kind of you know nasty little you know bit of work, is going to get the blads fired up a little bit again. And you need that in your team, and let's not forget he's just a very good footballer as well. You know, obviously he's a much more accomplished passer of the ball. You know, all credit to Ryan Bennett for what he did, but. 
from that position of a third centre back, uh, you know, you, you can't really compete with Sace uh, when it comes to playing out. But. Yeah, he's definitely um, that physical presence, like an enforcer on the pitch, like uh, Arn Anderson, I suppose, of the back there. Uh, just trying to get that wrestling thing <laughs> as early as possible. Um, but the thing is, you know, happy accident or whatever you want to call it. Am I right in thinking for Morocco, he plays in that position yeah, anyway? Yeah, yeah. So it's not, you know, it's it's, it's not something he's un- he's not used to, but... He's just he's just very very good at allowing us, and I suppose that's the benefit of having quote unquote midfielders or, the descent, or, or central defensive midfielders that he can pass the ball, he can get up the pitch, he can do all these things that that uh, straight up centre back is perhaps not uh, you know was known for, and he's just very very reliable. And that edge that you talk about, you know, someone that isn't afraid of committing that tackle when needed, you know, that that cynical professional foul sometimes when needed, just, and he's just very good at. at putting in that tackle when you need it, whereas Bolly makes it look effortless at times. Not an enforcer type, but more of, you know, he's just a pillar in defence. They're two very different players, but they're both just having, you know, well, the, it's evident since Bolly comes back. What, how many clean sheets is that now since he's been back? It's four in a row now. Yeah. So. And I think on, on, on that, finally, on, on uh, Say's price, I guess a player who, at times, and I've <coughs> probably been guilty of it, when I've looked at the... The team and thought, well, next transfer window, who we're going to get in? He's probably someone that I personally thought, well, maybe that might be someone that, um, you know, he's going to be replaced. But it's kind of stood the test of time so far, other than the Lambert era, I guess. Um, is it his versatility or is it his style of play? Or I just love him. I think he's. Great. Mm. I think I think he's great. I mean, he's I, the way he's going. He's going to be in the top three player of the years, but in people's votes for that, in people's minds. Um, and he's even you could say he's lost a bit of that unnecessarily nasty streak because his yellow card counts dropped <laughs> normally he was like the gambler's choice wasn't he yeah. for first to be booked or at least get a card in the game I mean some games I remember was it Palace away he had one in four minutes which it, even for him was ridiculous but it doesn't do that anymore he's, I think he reads the game really well so maybe he doesn't have to do that doesn't do those sort of things that he was previously synonymous for but He's great in a tackle, reads the game well, great passing, and th- there is that flexibility. Obviously, you can bring him midfield, but we have saw him excel a lot more in defence, coupled with Bobby coming back. I think that's partly because you know some people suffer because if they've been shifted around too much, he's actually settled in a position for a long spell now, yeah, and is reaping the benefits of just playing in one position and focusing on that. And we, do you know what? We, we should be glad to have him, really, because you mentioned Lambert earlier. Who's you know he could well have just gone after that, mm. being messed around by Lambert. You know he had, he had a tough introduction to life in the Championship. You know thanks to John Joe Shelby, he could have just gone mm. at that point. You know, why should I stay? You know I'm, I'm you know some players have made me feel welcome. The manager's not messing me about, not making me feel welcome. But obviously to a man, we'll all be glad that he stayed because we you know last couple of years. We've really been reaping the benefits of him, and well, well earned it, more than earned his place on merit at the moment, and it's long may it continue. And I know we look at defence. I mean, there was I think you put something from the Athletic in you that we were looking for a defender yeah. in January, but with say Sam Couple with Bolly coming back, it's not needed. For yeah, him, I mean, yeah. until the summer. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to depend on where we're sitting, you know, in, in, at the yeah. end of the season, but. It's, it'll be a shame to lose him at whatever point it does happen because it will. You know, he's, he's not the youngest member of the squad either, um, and eventually you just have to improve. That's just, that's just the bottom line there. But 
he's popping up with you know things in the opposition box as well. You know, he got an assist. Always seems to have a knack of getting his head on things and forcing saves out of keepers as well. So yeah. What a guy. Just seems an all around nice guy as well. Yeah, well, yeah. You, see, the clips. you see that, don't you? He's always yeah. like pranking or doing yeah. something and thinking yeah. like that's my bay video. There was loads of him you know, some tomfoolery going on. Do you appreciate yeah. him and Rudy having a wrestling match? Having a wrestling match, I've put it Six-star Tokyo Dan Classic, man. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so uh, next up, uh, we'll be discussing, um, well, we've got Espanyol to discuss, and we've got Spurs. We've got the quiz. Stay tuned for that. And uh, Twitter c- Corner, so that'll be up next. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, PixelYetiMedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, WallsFanCast.com. It's a really good design. We really appreciate all the work over at the guys at PixelYetiMedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at PixelYetiMedia.com. Dot com. Okay, so whilst um, you probably haven't, uh, well, tried to avoid social media for those of you who are like ourselves here at home in Wolverhampton. Very much the walls are in Barca and we're recording a podcast here at home. Um, just on that as well, thank you to uh, AFC Wolfroonians for hosting us today. Um, you can catch their games if you follow Wolfroonians on Twitter. Perhaps the walls haven't got a fixture or have been moved to Sky. Feel free to pop down and support the local team. Also the home of Wolves women as well who are having a great season. So thank you to our friends at uh, AFC Wolfroonians for hosting us today. So yeah, if we look at um, our Europa came, campaign, um, I don't think there's a lot we can perhaps dive into in terms of detail, I guess, really, from the first leg against Espanyol. But I think one of the key topics and probably what people are thinking about at this point of recording is with a, a comprehensive lead, what sort of side do you expect to see um, on, on Thursday night? Is Nuno going to be very um, inflexible or will he make changes? What, what, do you, what do you expect in terms of lineup for the game? Uh, you never know with Nuno, do you really? I mean, I, was, I did see his, his press conference earlier and he, he said, it, it, you know, it's a bit of a Sunday morning cliche, and then he says, it's nil nil. We started. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wait, five nil up, half an hour in, lads, it's still nil nil. He's heads on next, yeah, first yeah. header. But, um, I mean, I would expect a couple changes, to be honest. I mean, we've got a big game on, on Sunday to come, so it, I don't think he should be putting a completely full-strength lineup out. I didn't know, because I'm not completely au fait with you know, Espanyol's first team, I didn't realise that they'd made so many changes for the first leg. Obviously nine, they've got yeah. yeah, nine changes, and obviously they've got the league to, that's much more of a concern. And so naturally they're going to make the same changes again for the second leg. Um, so I don't see I don't see why we should 
you know, expend too much energy with our first team. So I would, I would make a couple of changes. I would, if he goes back to playing three four three again, I'd like to see Pedence get a start. Um, I think it's a bit, probably might be a bit too early for Campania, so I think probably him and will start any, anyway. But I'd just, like to, I'd just like to see a few shake-ups, you know. I'd probably, you know, talking about Sace earlier, maybe give Kilman a game. He's, he's done well in the Europa League before. Um, and then mix up the midfield however he sees fit. So I would, I would expect a couple a couple of changes. So Matt, what do you reckon? Who would you like to see? Vinagre maybe? Yeah, Neto, absolutely no. Neto. I think we... I think we can use this opportunity to get some some minutes for a lot of people. I'm not saying we put the Villa team out in the um, in the cup, but you know, Nuno I'm came still out. Almost beat you. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, I think Nuno said this week that um, Burr uh, Rasmussen. Am I pronouncing that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, the Rasmus. The Rasmus. I'm not, I was about to sing it then. I'm glad <laughs> I did. Um, it is 100% or definitely a first team, not player, but you know, squad member. So you know, I think it'd be a good opportunity for him to play. Um, get Podence I think would be one that I think the fans would love to see play mm. because it's you know it's the the high profile signing of that transfer window um, so it would be good to see him play as well um, you'd imagine Ruddy would play maybe or is it one of those nice thing mm. again. yeah I think so as well and I think you know he's pretty fondly thought of I would like to think within the fans as well so it would be good for him to get a game in, you know away in Europe so I don't think it'll be wholesale but there's definitely a benefit to us being able to Bleed a few of these players that haven't had a chance to yet, for sure. I think, having seen Aspanyol last week, if we'd have made ten changes for this game, I'd still have his favourites to win it. <laughs> you know, I, I really, I really don't don't rate what they had to offer. Um, I've having, you know, regardless of what Jot has been doing um, in the last couple of games, I thought it was really harsh to drop Neto. So you know, he needs, he should be rewarded mm-hmm. for that for that with a start. Pedence, you know, if you're going to spend that much money on him, there's no better way of him getting used to the system, getting used to the other players, and actually playing in the game, and 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 you know, being asked to do the tasks that he's been asked to do from training. Um, I think we've obviously seen Jordao on the bench recently as well, mm. um, who a lot has been made of. Um, if he's anything like Neto um, in terms of quality, I think. He's a genuine option as a reserve central midfielder, and Nevers and Matinho can't keep up the workload. Well, they shouldn't be asked to if we're in a scenario like we're in now. Um, and that same goes for Gibbs White. I think Gibbs White needs minutes, having come back from injury as well. Mm-hmm. So if, if we saw Joe Dow and Gibbs White as a midfield pair, we'd be quite pleased. Um, I think Johnny's not actually travelled. Uh, I think I read today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going to be getting a game, and, and then Kilman as well. So yeah, if Rudy doesn't play, I don't think he'd be likely to play. For the rest of the like, season, well, really, there's no you know, if, yeah. if he doesn't get a game, game, so which would be quite a shame in a way. Um, it'd be a thing of you know, do you, do you play a couple of big hitters just to get the goal, the one goal that the tie doesn't need? <coughs> in, 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 if we're just in reality, but the one goal that we need, then chuck them, you know, then chuck the kids back on. You know, I don't even think it's the case that we need to score a goal. I think we, you know, I, I don't want to look back at this and hang my head in shame or anything, but four nil. You'd like to think it's all over. Yeah, exactly. But really. to your to your point, mate, I think you know you can put that team out that you mentioned, all, all of those changes, and it probably still be quite comfortable because Espanyol know they're out of tie, so they're going to want to focus on their league and, and and relegation on their you know on their campaign. So why not? And and just on that, let's assume we're through because I know it's been recorded and it can come back to bite us in the bum. But the reality is we're pretty much there, aren't we? I'm guessing the iconic names you're looking at next and the flights and so forth. Milan, 
Is that the is that is that the one you would want, or is it kind of like, well, actually, let's save them for a bit later on in the round, or? I'm a bit worried actually. If we draw Milan, will the game actually go ahead? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the, for me. That's the, that's the plum the plum draw. I'd love to go to the San Siro if allowed to. But then, uh, obviously, the one was Ajax, and obviously Ajax they're struggling to even get past Hitafe, aren't they? That'd they're, be a really good draw. But... Quite surprising, but for me, I mean, any any German team would be good because it's just a great experience yeah. going to to Germany away games. Uh, and I wouldn't mind, to be honest, I really wouldn't mind either of the old firm, to be honest. I think they'd be two really good, really good games. I think it'd be really good for the fans' point of view as well. Just not someone... He was the, drawing Arsenal or Man United. Not Man yeah. United. Yeah. Well, that's, without shadow of a doubt, Although, those two would be the worst. If I was yeah. to ask for a team to progress past Arsenal, I would quite happily draw. Oh, yeah. Genuinely. I'd be quite pleased yeah. with that because I think we can beat them. Um, there's a lot of teams in there who I fancy ourselves against full stop because we should be aiming to be the fifth best team in the Premier League and by rights probably one of the best teams in the competition as a result of that well it's a, it's the natural kind of evolution now if we want to be that we want to be beating teams and overtaking teams like Arsenal who are for most parts are on the decline so to beat them in this competition would be fantastic to be fair yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love an Italian team purely because I'm learning Italian at the moment <laughs> I can practice it um, but I think yeah the San Siro would be an amazing opportunity it would be nice though if that was in like a semi a semi-final and, it, and that was kind of the game that got us to Gdansk um, but we can't write this fairy tale you know quite yet though dreaming is free isn't it I suppose uh, yeah nice thing though quite there but as, I guess you don't, you don't want to draw, not draw anyone from like the arse end of Ukraine do you really like Shakhtar because well it's going to be a big ask to get you know quite a lot of fans out there considering how much you'll probably cost um, there's also some random ones in there which I still don't know where they're from like LASK LASK is that is I it think it's Cypriot, Cypriot or is it, uh, Cypriot, yeah. oh, I don't know what they are yeah. right, but, so there's, there's a couple like little curveballs the there. weather will be alright say again the weather will be alright oh yeah be lovely yeah can't complain but, so there's a couple yeah, there's a couple ones in there for us um, Ludigaret <laughs> yeah, but, yeah there's, there's, there's obviously so, a few ones yeah. that you want to sidestep but um, no I mean it's just wherever we get wherever we get keep the bottom, going just not the my bottom United. line is that I think having pe- seen us go 4-0 up in the first leg nobody's <laughs> going to want to play us no. not one team in that competition is going to want to be looking forward to coming to Molyneux ultimately and I think this is the thing you know when I've been asked about it if I fancy us against any side in the Premier League on a given day then surely that has to translate to fancy Absolutely. us against any other side in Europe because we're playing the strongest league you know, arguably, uh, you know, in Europe. So by that token, you know, we've got players like Matinho who've won the, the competition. We've got that experience. So you've got to fancy us. Um, what we'll be doing next is we're going to um, look at the Spurs game. So we'll be looking back in league action. So we'll try and contain our excitement for the moment until we get into Skyscanner and look where we may be going. And that could be Glasgow or Manchester. <laughs> and we'll, but we'll wait and see. But... So before um, um, we move on, we're going to touch on the uh, the Spurs game coming up uh, this weekend, and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Ricky from the Last Word on Spurs. Uh, good evening, Ricky. Good evening, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks yourself. Yeah, not bad. Not bad 
at all, thank you. Brilliant. So, um, with the Spurs game coming up, really interesting to get a Spurs perspective on, on the game. Um, last time out, I know from the, the game at Molyneux, uh, I felt robbed, to be honest, with that, that game, with, with that last-minute goal um, pop, popping up. So, how have Spurs been since that game? I looked on your, your, your Twitter feed, the last word on, on Spurs, and the general feel I got there and the narrative was, I think Mourinho has come out in the press and saying, you know, needs to be patient, needs to take time. And I know Twitter can be a bit of a beast, and I think you were balancing that. How are Spurs fans feeling in terms of um, since that game and since Martina, uh, Mourinho's come in? Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that was probably one of our most positive results of the season. I wouldn't say the performance, but the, the manner of how we grounded out, grinded out the victory. A, a tough place to go, you know, not many teams, as you know, win at Molyneux. So that was a really good win for us. But I think since then there has been definitely a split amongst the fan base in terms of Spurs and style of play. You know, Spurs, for any you know, fan growing up, you know, anyone that knows Spurs, whoever you are, um, Spurs are known for playing a brand of attacking, vibrant football with flair. And I think it's fair to say that Jose Mourinho, it's difficult for him this season. He hasn't obviously had the players available to him that he would like. He's lost Harry Kane and Lumbinson at the same time, which is always going to be difficult. And I think at the moment, people feel that the way Spurs are approaching games, if I'm being honest, is quite negative. And with that being the case, you know, we're looking to see where we're going to get our next result if we are going to set up like that. Now, this game is at home for us, so it will be interesting to see how he does set the team up. We're playing against a Wolves side that are very dangerous. Uh, the only real positive I can take from the fact of Wolves is that they are obviously going to be playing in the Europa League beforehand. Uh, but even still, you know, it's going to be very, very tricky for Tottenham. I think this game, Wolves are going to be coming on, I think, full of confidence. They're always a decent team, especially against the big sides. And I think they'll genuinely be coming to the ground looking for a win. I think Wolves will be approaching the game looking for a win. And I think at the moment, as I said, Jose's style of play is definitely splitting the fan base. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, we spoke um, a lot on, on the fan cast this year in terms of, from a Wolves perspective, what the reaction is like after the Europa Games. But then, you know, it, it's crazy really because we I think we went away to Besiktas and then we went to the Etihad and won, for example. And we're in obviously in quite a good position at the moment with that, that second leg. But um, it's going to really be interesting from our, our perspective with the, Spur, with the Spurs side in terms of, I, I guess, really for, for teams as well. You know, we've seen from our perspective where Nuno has hit the, the ground running when he came in, but then he had the benefit of a pre-season. And I kind of think... From the outside, when there's somebody coming in, and as you've referenced, perhaps a different way of mentality, winning a lot of hearts and minds over, um, I guess it's quite difficult. I mean, from a, a Spurs perspective, what what players would you say uh, you would fear from from uh, from a Wolves point of view? You've got quite a few. I mean, Jimenez for me is, is, a, is a really really good player. But then I say that about Adar, my always also been superb. I look at that Wolves team. And wherever you look, you know, there's there's real quality in that squad. Um, I wouldn't want to sit here and just holler at one player. I think the great thing about Wolves, and especially Nuno Spirito, is that he very much has galvanised a very much team mentality there. And when I see Wolves play, it's not just about individual players, it's a team. And that's one thing that at Tottenham at the moment I, I'm fearful of saying that at the moment we don't seem to have that. We are relying on some individual moment of brilliance to win us games because we are playing as such as a team. And it's difficult to criticise Jose Mourinho too much because, as I said, he's coming into a squad that is quite fractured. <gasps> We've obviously had a change of manager mid-season, never easy. And then to lose your two most attacking players, 
very, very difficult. But I think Spurs fans will want to see a more positive approach to the game. We have got players that can still frighten teams alike. So Lucas Moura, Deli Alley, you know, there's still players that can really frighten the opponents. Even Bergwijn's coming and looked okay. So Spurs have really got to approach this game the right way and look to attack balls on the front foot. And I know you mentioned the point there that you know Wolves have done okay after Europa League games this season. Um, I still feel, on the experience of Spurs being in the Europa League years ago, I think it's so important as the away team or as the, as the home team that are playing that team in the Europa League to start fast. And Spurs have to do that. We haven't done that enough this season. We haven't started games quick enough to get at the opponents. And I mean, Mourinho said it at the weekend, which is really worrying, that if the opponent scores the first goal, then he is worried. And that's a big, big worry to hear that. So... Spurs need to score first at the weekend and try and keep a clean sheet, which hasn't been a thing we've been able to do this season that much. I think that's an interesting one because we're, we're I think one of the, uh, not criticisms, one of the stats actually is we're not scoring goals first. I think we have of late the last couple of games and I think that can often come down to the way in which we play where we're very much a, a counter-attack side and we're happy for you know, we'll be happy for Spurs to take possession. I know the game last year um, when, when we faced Spurs was was a classic Wolves performance where we contained first half and then we did well second half. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how how it unfolds the weekend. What what would constitute then just finally as a successful season for Spurs this season? That's a really good, really good question, Ryan. I think for supporters, they would want to see a trophy. Uh, but I think... If we're talking about generally what Spurs need to do, I think it's, they need to try and finish in that top four, need to have Champions League football next season. I think you look at that stadium, you're going to go to it at the weekend. That stadium needs to have Champions League football. And for the club really to try and move on in the summer and really try and build under Jose Mourinho, I think he does need the club to be in the Champions League to try and attract the kind of calibre of players that Spurs need to be as we are in the middle of this rebuild. So I think it's definitely going to be an interesting game to sides that for different reasons you know can, can really hurt the opponent and I'm hoping I know you're not going to like this I'm hoping Spurs will come out on top but I think it'll be a very very close game I can see it being very close OK so that was Ricky from the last word on Spurs I think something we've, we've, we've got to note which we didn't touch on there with Ricky but we can do so here is we're recording this uh, on the anniversary of the passing of a Wolves and Spurs ex-player Dean Richards um, so yeah, I mean, you guys that have seen him play, what a player he was! Very briefly. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the um, like the Memorial game. I was, um, and that was a really, really strange atmosphere at that game. You know, it was deathly silent for the um, for the like the set, for the you know the minute silence there. And I, I think that game ended up being like quite a, a tetchy one. Where I think I'm not sure if. There was like a red card decision that, that made the game a little ugly, but like at first it was you know it was really quite poignant and it wasn't the best tribute because both teams conceded three goals. And I don't think I <laughs> would have been very pleased with that. <laughs> well, there is that to be fair. And just just very briefly for for our perspective, touching on the game, we we did have a bit of a smile when, and I always do when we talk to other teams' fans and they mention big clubs because I always say, well, aren't we a big club now? But I get it in terms of their their experience, but. I think we've yeah okay game you know in Europe aside with the type of team we potentially expect to see against Espanyol we've got to be looking to to win the game for me. Uh, I agree. I'm going there with an expectation to win, given like the state that Spurs are in and given what we can do to the big teams. I just think that because they're at the back they're 
pretty suspect at the minute. They've got no, as we all know, and, and as Ricky's mentioned, they've got nobody to play up front, really. So we'll never have a better opportunity of beating them in their new stadium at first go. So I, I don't see why we can't win. I expect us to. I still see uh, the game at Molyneux, um basically between the two penalty areas, probably the most you know complete Wolves performance I think I've ever seen. We were just head and shoulders from apart from the goals that were involved in the game and the chances that we missed the better side we were just all over them and they couldn't get near our midfield and apart from I think the first maybe half an hour where they had a couple of chances the rest of the game we were in total control of we just didn't capitalise on that with actually scoring goals Um, and as a result of that game, having seen it, um, the absolute you know harassment of Troy Ray throughout that game as well. If I mean, for start, he has to play for me um, off the back of that, and I expect again, like you say, I expect us to go and get a win there because I feel like we are in a much better state than them in this moment in time. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and that was definitely the quickest game for me to get over a defeat. Because then you, you can only look at the performance, actually, of that game and how good it, we played. And the result just wasn't an actual fair reflection of, of how well we played in that game. Um, obviously, they're without, you know, Harry Kane. So there's definitely going to be less shithousery going on, you know. So I, I mean, it's an interesting one because I think that that was a step change from when Mourinho came in. That, that team started behaving in that mm-hmm. manner. I don't think you'd have expected a Pochettino team to have gone about that the way. I don't know. Maybe it's it's Mourinho tinted spectacles in a way because everyone thinks he's the you know the villain of the piece anyway. But you never got the impression that Pochettino sent his players out to behave no. in that manner. Um, and Harry Kane has kind of been you know the darling of England, you know the national team, English football fans for a while now, and to see him behave in such a way in front of the referees and trying to get on the back of the refs and constantly in his ear throughout the 90 minutes it felt very like, like he'd been Mourinho-fied in some way I think I bet that I, I thought expect Choro to expect similar treatment as well should he start on Sunday Yeah, I, I think he'll expect the same again as well that just seems to be a typical Mourinho way of stopping the player of skill yeah and and he'll he'll enjoy the the kind of bitterness to it if if it starts getting broken up and and mm. they start you know making it a set piece kind of game I think and they'll they'll try and take advantage of that. The difference is when it comes to set pieces, we'll have Bolly in the side. Yeah. Now, so that will be kind of a thorn in the, in that plan. But you're absolutely right, and you'll just be hoping that the referee is strong enough in his conviction to be able to actually see what's going on and, and, and manage the game because it's so easy for a referee to not be able to manage that kind of game because, you know, once you get into the fifth, sixth, seventh tackle, well, in reality, someone should be sent off. But, you know, I don't think any referee, you know, there's no, there's no card bonus for a referee. I don't think they get any pleasure about sending a player off. Well, most of the time. So I think you know it's really important that the referee manages the game. Sadists, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Go to bed with their red card under their pillow. Off you pop. Yeah. I think that the other thing that um, is worth, I'm a little bit nervous about because, like I say, I think Troyore has to play. Is that the last game and a half we've had a lot of success with three five two, and I don't think that necessarily features Troyore unless mm, yep. he's going to be playing at wing back. Um, I think it works 
for certain games. The Norwich game, a case in point, I think it blocked up the midfield and kind of left Jota and Jimenez to probably have, have their way with... You could almost leave them there, trust the rest of the guys to defend and have them to just on the break, ready to pounce at any point. But Tottenham, to me, when we played them, it seemed like a very passive side. They'll allow you to pass the ball around mm. and we need more options ahead of the ball. I think as a result, you need that front three to have a bit of variety in your game. Otherwise, you're just playing it in team and as in Jotting, they might get crowded out. But you know, I hope it's good to have the options. Though, yeah, it? I think it's so. Good to have the options. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, it works. Between what what you think might yeah. work and I mean, it was never going to work with Catroni and Jimenez because I think they were far too similar to each other. But now having Jotter and Jimenez back together, it it, it feels a, a much more viable option, definitely. Okay, so no, um, I mean Dan is in Barcelona at this very moment in time, but before he left. He kindly provided us with um, a quiz. In the previous fixture against Spurs, Dharma Traore scored his first goal at Molyneux. But the area that he was born in Barcelona, was it closer to the new Camp, Espanyol's new ground or Espanyol's old ground? So where he was born in Barcelona, was it closer to the new Camp, was it closer to Espanyol's new ground or Espanyol's old ground? What venue was he born mm. closest to? Mm. I like this question. question. Mm. Uh, I've locked mine in there. I'm locked in. I've gone straight in. I've read, in it, I've read an article recently which, t- which said where he was born, but no reference to where. <laughs> he <was laughs> to anything. It could be. It could have been around Shop the corner nothing. from here. To be honest. If, okay. Are we all, are we all pretty much in there? I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Go for it then. I'll, do you want to show? Okay. I'm going to go camp. Newcomb. Can I get bonus point for knowing it was last Old ground. Day? Old ground. Spaniel, old ground. The new camp. There you go. Just, just for just, obvious. just for reference, two because he plays for Barca. Two, two kilometers for the new camp. Four point seven for Espanyol. I'm assuming that new ground and the old ground. Six point two. Okay, just take. Just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> 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 so, Gully's off the mark with one. Okay. So, 10 years ago this week, Wolves lost 1-0 away to Bolton Wanderers. But out of these three players, who got booked that day? Carl Henry, Sam Ricketts or Mark Davis? So, one of those players in this fixture against Bolton 10 years ago got booked. Which one out of the three? Well... Yeah, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Just because, again, I probably <laughs> no, I probably have gone to the obvious answer this time. Yeah, yeah. If I've gone for Carl Henry. Yeah, if we've all gone well, for Carl, I went Ricketts. I'm seeing two Carl Henrys and Matt's got and Ricketts. A case the Ricketts. <laughs> 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 okay, so it was Carl Henry. There we go. Sometimes <laughs> he's trying to bluff you with his. Uh, yeah. really I don't think was, was Ricketts even playing for us then. He's playing for Bolton then. Oh, and was Mark Davis playing? Oh, I put too much trust there. (laughs) Too much trust. But but in fairness, the question reads: Who got booked that day? Didn't say Wolves player. So, so so, yeah, there we go. So, um, okay. Before I give you the answer, mind fucking us all the way from Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) We mentioned this guy earlier, Dean Richards. Um, Very simple question: He signed for Wolves from what club? I think you'll all get this. 
Oh, are we all in? I'm no, I'm not oh. in. Well, I think I thought okay. I knew it, but then now you've said that, then I'm not sure anymore. Okay, yeah, sorry, maybe that, yeah, okay. Well, maybe I've got this horrendously mixed up with who we said he went on the free to, but and then mind. Oh, yeah, no, well, I'm locked in there, and it doesn't matter. I'm in. So, Gully's in with Bradford, Bradford. City. Uh, Bradford, no end to that because so Bradford academicals. <laughs> yeah. um, Southampton. Southampton. I think he was sold to Southampton yeah, from Wolves, but he was signed he? from Bradford. Yeah. So Price and Gully, two apiece. Oh, Matt's dearie, still to dearie, register. Dearie. Okay. I'm on three, aren't I? Are you on three? Okay. Yeah, got so you got Barca. You got yeah, Newcamp. Sorry, Henry, Henry, Carl Henry. So three, two, zero. Is that right? Do you reckon? That's right. Okay. Um, so um, next one can you name the former Spurs and Wolves midfielder who played for Sevilla in the early 2000s so which former Spurs and Wolves midfielder played for, for Sevilla in the early 2000s Bloody hell. I think we had a few yeah. Spanish like players during that time um, he looks like he knows it I don't can I offer you a clue <laughs> please do he, he also played for Wolves the, the clue is he doesn't sound Spanish. He's probably the clue. And but, that, yeah. Uh, not Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Spurs. Wolves. No, I don't think he's Spanish actually. Is he? Spurs no. and Wolves midfielder, who apparently also played for Warsaw. Sevilla in the early two thousands. Sevilla in the early two thousands. I think he played for Wolves. Right. Not before my time if he did, but. I'm going to try and give you a clue. <laughs> you're right, clue, and, and I think he was on loan, not a permanent. Yeah, okay, so I feel yeah, I feel um, more confident in my answer now. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not locked in. I don't know. Um, do you want to just throw one out there? For, uh, play for both I, clubs in Sevilla. I'll pass. I can't just, my brain's going to play. Samways. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, wasn't my answer, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, um, he finished his career at Warsaw, I remember. Yeah, yeah I, I think he was and on he loan, like, Vandalan era, sort of. Yeah, well, I'm sure, oh, yeah. Well, it, was, it was a fleeting Wolves career, it wasn't a long <laughs> one. Um, yeah. Um, right, okay. It's a great question. Can you name the Hollywood-level British actor, so someone of, of a A-lister, shall we say, who shares the same surname of a defender of ours from the 90s, who supports Tottenham. That's the link. So, Hollywood actor shares the same surname of a defender of ours from the 90s, who supports Tottenham. He played for us, but supports Tottenham. Yes. Our player. Yes. 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 Former Wolves player. In the 90s, again. Hey, remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, d- was, a defender as well. So just just to try and I was one yeah. to nine. So we're in that. What we've got here is a, a defender, Wolves defender from the nineties, and his surname is shared with uh, a famous actor, uh, British actor, a British actor as well. God, um, have we ever had a Cumberbatch? No, no, Hardy, no Hardys. Are there uh, any actors called Sedgley? <laughs> <laughs> Atkins. <laughs> I'm going to have a complete guess. British actor. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think... Shall I just put it on? Yeah. Um, 
I've gone in with I've gone in with yeah. a guess. I don't think this even player exists. This is quite it's quite a common name, so I thought you know. Okay, who are we going for then? Do I'm going to go, go with Williams, AD Williams. Okay. At one point. Yeah, defender. I've just gone with some guy called Steve Grant because I think okay. Steve Grant <laughs> might be the guy. I've gone for Craig, as in Daniel Craig, and that guy oh, that, that played for Wolves called Craig. Yep, that's the guy. <laughs> that we, had guy. A, we had a Craig Davis, didn't we? Um, okay, the answer. Well, the actor was Jude Law. Oh, Brian Law. Yeah. The guy who drove the bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hollywood level actor. So okay. So no, no score then. So we're still looking at three, two, and zero. Um, okay. Can you name the Spurs supporting musician, uh, famous solo and in a band, who shares the same surname of a defender of ours from the 2000s? So yeah, let's try and dissect that question. So <laughs> it's, it's a musician who's a Spurs fan, famous for being uh, a solo artist and in a band, and he shares the same surname of a defender of ours from the 2000s. That's a big net to cast, though. Yeah. <laughs> Bischoff. Who could that be? <laughs> Bloody hell. Uh, so the only way I'm getting this is thinking of the solo artist and and band. Yeah, so what I, I think it's fair to say he's, he's as popular or as, as known as, as solo and subjective, isn't it, really? But solo artist and, and in a band... Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give you too much more, but I know. <laughs> I struggle with questions. It's ridiculous. Um, so I guess think of think of a, uh, I don't know, a musician. Just take a while, I guess. Musician, solo artist, and uh, part of a band, and uh, his surname also the same of a defender of ours from the two thousands, or in the reverse, uh, think of a defender from the two thousands. This is the only way I can yeah. do it. Think of a name of a defender and just throw it out there. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I have an answer. You're like you're like you're like the answer. Okay. Um, okay, you guys locked in. I'm locked in. <sighs> I'm locked in, but I don't even think there's a player. I've just gone. I just the first artist that came to my head. Go. Like Paul Weller. I don't know why. Okay, there's a Weller play for Rotherham. I think that's the only Weller I know in football. <laughs> I just put Breen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just put Clyde. <laughs> Clyde. Okay. So uh, I think Price is a big fan of this guy. Probably defender and musician. Phil Collins. Oh. And Neil Collins. Oh, no. So um, I'm quite disappointed with that one. <laughs> that is the end of the quiz because we didn't yeah, need a tiebreaker because Gully, I think, has picked that with three, two, and uh, with that zero. That's zero for uh, other than Ricketts for uh, <laughs> for, for Matt. Um, I'm just going to have a quick look on Twitter Corner as well, just see what questions we have. The next time I do a quiz, I'm going to search notable fans of the opposition that yeah. we're going to be playing that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, if there's and any crossover, I'm search Wolves players of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll finish up as we always do with, with Twitter Corner, um, and I'll just try and pick out a suitable questions, shall we say? Um, Okay, this one from John Peak. If you could swap places with a player in the current squad, who and why? He said he would swap with Sace solely for the shithousery. <laughs> it's, so, it's a good... Who would you swap places good. with and why? Hmm. Just, what would it be like to be as fast as a Dharma Traore? I'd be running around all the time. 
I'd just run everywhere. Yeah, you'd just be sprinting everywhere, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd just play chicken for the fun of it, because you know you're not going to get run over. Uh, race cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd run over the car, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, knowing, knowing my wife won't listen to this podcast, um, probably what, like, I know maybe one of Jimenez, perhaps, um, as his wife is, is Ca- lovely. Unfortunately, Cavalero doesn't play for us anymore, <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, um, Rui, who's devilishly handsome and ridiculously tall, you know, it would be nice to step in his shoes for a um, day as well. Married to some kind of like sex therapist as well. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. mate. So you know, there's certainly worse choices out there, yeah. isn't it? To be fair, there's a skillful way of using um, Hall's cough sweets as well, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Get on, go- that, get on your Google machine. I would. I just like to be Matinho. You know, just want to know what it's like to actually be a good footballer because <laughs> I don't know that myself. <laughs> I just like to. Be, I'd like to know what it's like to see a two steps ahead. I think, yeah, Pratish, yeah. He's just got it all, hasn't he? He has. He has. Um, Can't and volley fish it. No. <laughs> and the, but, but what a good save, though, the other day. We don't even mention that <laughs> yeah. when he messed it Anyway, um, another Sace related question is popular at the moment. How long will it take Sace to get books when we play against the Albion next year? Do you know what? I'll probably be playing. <laughs> He's getting in the tunnel. He's getting in the tunnel. <laughs> just not so, just crack someone slowly. And then the ref, can't, the ref hasn't seen it, but he has to book him just for the. Just for the reaction. Do we have yeah. VAR in the tunnel yet? Is, that, is there a camera in the tunnel? I hope not. I think he, he, he'll know, and he'll know just to be at his shithouse best, doesn't he? He'd like to say, he just as the teams are coming out, he'll probably just give someone a slight dig, or like I say, yeah, he'll, he'll be the one that when it's half time and they're all walking off, he'll just start something, yeah. he'll instigate, he'll instigate something. Hal Robson Carney won't know what I hit him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just finally, I'm going to paraphrase a question, if that's okay, from Dean Marsden, because he says, Wall's best ever captain, and I think you've really got to answer that with someone you've seen, because I think Billy Wright would probably take it. So if, if I just change that question slightly, the best Wall's captain uh, that you've seen? Well, for me... Um, Again, it's completely subjective, isn't it, to to your experience? But I mean, it's, it's my second my second case of the rickets tonight. <laughs> in that he was so important, and in um, in Jody Phillips' book is a great chapter by Ricketts where he talks about when he came in and was immediately made captain, and how that kind of put waves through the dressing room. We didn't know what it was going to be like, how the team would take him, and that was a really, really integral part. To you know, it's the beginning, the very beginning of this story of where we are now. It starts with. The, the you know the bomb squad and everything else happened and he's come in so for me I don't think we'd be in this position without that strong leadership so you know Ricketts for me is up there as, as, as a really great captain for the club not the greatest by all means but for me you know he's up there I was going to say um, probably Cody at the moment mm. just because I think he's got such a eclectic mix of players to have to deal with as a leader um, not the kind he'd have been used to I'm sure growing up in Liverpool either <coughs> But he's, he just seems to, he's, he's the most natural captain I think I've ever seen. And the way he fits into the squad and seems to be an imperative part of it shows, you know, he's got the faith of Nuno and he's, he's, he's really key to our success, you know, regardless of whether his performances are as good as we, we might hope from him. I think he's really, really important to the squad. Bryce, anyone else that stands out as a captain? Uh, Roger Johnson. Yep. Yes. Yep. That, was, that was my second choice. <laughs> uh, no, I would have said Cody as well. And in this, I guess you can put a bit of like recency bias to it because you know he has he's been our captain there for quite a long time. But for me, I like the way that how he's just bought like hook, line, and sinker into the club. You know, he's when he came, 
a few, you know, quite, many people in this room probably would have been happy to see the back of him, you know, when he was midfield, shunted to right back. But I don't think he, it was even that. It would have just been like, oh, meh. Well, yeah, he's, no gone, would, he's gone. Yeah, because no yeah, he, no he was cared, in the night, wasn't but, he? But I think well, Nuno yeah. just saw something, and and thank God he has, because you can just see how he the, he just lives and breathes the club every single day. And yeah, he's he's the shouty one on the pitch, but he's all, you can just tell when he does his media interviews, he's first to put himself in line to speak up about the club, speak up about as you say the players that he has in the dressing room. Um, you can tell they're a tight knit group and. They all, you can see that some of the players also take the piss out of him as well. They're not, they're even not the foreign lads say, I don't even know what he's saying. And no, one could, no one could understand him. And I don't think even we do sometimes, you know. But I, I just I love him. I think he's a, he's a great he's a great guy to have as a leader of our club. And I just think you know, long may he continue for as long as he's, uh, for as long as he's here. I don't think I can I can trump that. But the one I was thinking of, just as more of a, a cult hero as a captain, with John Wolf. Because he had that sort of presence about him, and, and bar a very um, unfortunate knee injury at the time, he was such a dominant centre half, such a charismatic captain. And I think all good teams need successful leaders, and I think absolutely I, I agree with you on Cody. And also with Ricketts, when he had to come into the team, it was a change of mentality, it was a change of, you know, it was basically putting the, the gaffers team out and being that manager on the pitch as well. So, so no, all good shouts. So I think that's about it for um, today's episode. So thank you to Gully. Cheers, guys. Matt. Arrivederci. I'm learning Italian. Hey, your prices, <laughs> you're, I'm just waiting for prices. Uh, you're learning Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll end it with Torah a bit. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> that's another language. <laughs>